This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Yeah, he was selling weed to everybody um, out of our apartment. Um, and Kenny at one point decided that he was going to shut Paul down completely, which was great because then I didn't have rent. You know, that was all that was awful fun. I really appreciated that, Paul. Sorry that Kenny. you lived off of a drug dealer. Right Take a tent. Out. You can always live. Uh, their Their weather doesn't get cold enough to where you can't live outside. So... You're saying just go ahead and plan to be homeless. Just, I'm saying is you always have a worst case scenario. Until you were homeless and needed a place to stay and actually like <laughs> were able to be just a little bit humble, you and I didn't have a chance to be It was a dark period where I had to be nice to people. It sucked. <laughs> Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. K.B. Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. So when I first moved away from home, it wasn't simple. My dad went to prison when I was 14, and as soon as his cell door slammed, I went from being the happy teenager with a part-time job and almost straight A's to now being a kid who had to go to work full-time to help keep the family afloat. I used to have to sit with my mom and work out the bills, and she'd say stuff like, now are we going to pay half the light bill and only get a few groceries this week, or are we just going to go ahead and get all the groceries we need and then pay the whole light bill next week? And even though I hated having to do this because I hated being poor and not having the money we needed, learning these little poor people tricks made my life so much easier when I had to learn to put off my own bills later on. I had to become a quasi-parent to my little brother. He was eight years old when my dad went away, and mom needed somebody to help watch him while she was working. Now, he was my shadow before everything happened with dad, but as soon as dad was gone, he literally never left my side. Stephen was everywhere I was. I even had to take him on dates with me because my mom would always say, "'Keep an eye on your little brother!' And all these changes came at me really fast, and I did my best to adapt. And we went on like that till I got to be around 17. Now, when I was 17, I graduated high school, and I bounced back and forth to quite a few shitty jobs, and I was kind of wondering, what's my next move going to be? What am I going to do with my life? When I see this ad in the paper that says, make $100 plus or minus per day. Now, that plus or minus is very important because that minus means you're definitely going to make less than $100 per day. But it went on and said, management training program, looking for highly motivated individuals to market our products in the Atlanta area today. Rock and roll atmosphere. Work with cool people. Make great money. Call today. And there's a little number at the bottom. And as I'm looking at this little ad, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Maybe a little direction in my life. Maybe this is what I could do. They say they're cool people. There's a rock and roll atmosphere. This is definitely what I want to do. Maybe I could train as a manager and make something of myself. Well, if you've ever read one of those ads, you know this is one of those shitty sales jobs where they give you very little training and then they load your car down with their products and say, go sell our shitty stuff. And before you know it, you're on the very bottom rung of a pyramid scheme. But being 17, I didn't see it. I saw a company that was willing to take a chance on a 17-year-old kid and give me the opportunity to finally make good money. Now, after I get hired at the company, I meet my manager, this Greek guy named Chris. And he's this really super fun guy when you first get the job there. You're crushing it out there today, Shane. Good job. Way to close today. What'd you get, like 13 on your second day? You're an all-star. We're selling this framed artwork, and moving a lot of pictures got everybody all intense, but he'd build you up no matter what your sales were in the beginning, and if they were really good, he'd get super jacked. And then as soon as I built up a little confidence, start feeling a little bit bulletproof around work around three weeks in, I had a really shitty day, and I get to see the other side of him. 
I come in and I say, Chris, I only got three today, man. The people just weren't buying Twitch. He'd look at me and say, that's fine, Shane. It's fine if you don't want to sell the pictures. I need people to ask me, do you want fries with that when I go to McDonald's every single time I go? Do you want to be one of those people at McDonald's, Shane? But over the few weeks I worked with him, he started to actually take an interest in me. And with my dad gone, I started to listen to him when he would talk. I'd stay with him after work and he asked me about what was going on at home and what was going on with my mom and my little brother. And I eventually even told him about my dad being in jail too. Not the reason why he was there, just that he was there. And after about three months of me being at the company, one day he calls me into his office and I see my manager Larry sitting there and my girlfriend Beth who worked at the Pyramid Scheme Picture Company with me. And he sits me down in the chair and says, Larry's going to open our office in Tennessee and you're going to be with him. I want you to be his right hand man, Shane. You're going to go to Tennessee. You're going to get a fresh start. It's going to be awesome. And I was not convinced. I can't go to Tennessee. What about my mom? What about my little brother, Stephen? I've got all these friends here. What about them? And I'll never forget him just kind of pushing all my concerns to the side when he says, don't worry about it. You're going to make new friends. But what about you, Shane? Don't you think it's time you lived? And I never thought about just up and leaving. But in that moment, I was considering it. I went home and after talking it over with Beth, I decided I'm moving to Tennessee. No sleeping on it, no thinking about it, just pure, unbridled 17-year-old enthusiasm. It was going to be hard. I wouldn't know anybody but a few co-workers and my girlfriend, but I was going to have that fresh start Chris had just told me about. And then I went home and told all my friends about it. And some were supportive and some were a little bit sad, but they're all living their 17, 16, and 15-year-old lives. And I assured them, I'll be back all the time. We're only three and a half hours away. And all of them were like, cool, man, that's no problem. Then I had to tell my mom, and I was so excited that I almost wasn't even shook up about telling her until she was right in front of me. I walked down the hallway of our little two-bedroom apartment, sat at this little shitty dining room table, and I looked across at her, and I told her I had something I had to tell her. And I get this lump in my throat as I explained I'm moving to Tennessee, and I'm trying to get a fresh start and all this stuff, and I'll always be back down to see her and Steven, and she gave me this sad look that said, Shane, I don't want to do this without you, but I love you. Now, telling Stephen was even harder because he and I had gotten so close since Dad had gone away. And he was mad, and he was hurt, and he was frustrated. I'm 11 years old. I need my big brother, and you're just leaving? And it hurt to hear it, but I kept thinking back to my crazy Greek boss saying, What about you, Shane? And I promised Stephen that as soon as I had an apartment, he could come spend the night with me all the time in my new apartment. And he calmed down a little bit, but he was still pretty pissed off with me. And then I started packing. And then I had that last night with my friends where we all said goodbye, like it could be the last time we ever saw each other. And then I started realizing that I was just up and leaving. I really was going to do something for myself. And on the day that the U-Haul pulled up to my mom's apartment and I said my goodbyes to my mom, who made me tell her to promise that I wasn't saying goodbye, it was just bye for now. And then telling Stephen bye, and I had to promise him about a thousand times that he would be able to come stay with me as soon as I got my new apartment. And I realized after I said these goodbyes that I wasn't sad. I wasn't thinking about the loss of my friends. I wasn't thinking about my mom or my little brother. I was doing something for me. And I rode off into the sunset to Tennessee. All the way until I realized this actually was a pyramid scheme, and I ended up moving right the hell back in with my mom about four months later. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Now That I'm Older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at anowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. 
And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older. And if you give to us like our badass patrons, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter Family. Now, Potter Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter Family, you're going to find our show as well as the Filmmakers Podcast, the Awakened Soul Podcast, and the Drunken Opinion Podcast. And this week on episode 174, we're talking about my kid leaving the nest and moving out. And this leads to us talking about some of our roommate situations when we were first trying to leave home. And the main theme to all of this is it's not going to work out the way you think it is. Something always goes wrong with roommates. So check it out. We'll be right back. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. Okay. So Christopher has reached a time in his life where he is now ready to. What are you doing over there? Getting some water. Wouldn't make any noise if you hadn't got sparkling water. So anyway, Kenny's still complaining about sparkling water, but we've reached oh, the time. so gross. <laughs> I just dropped like a big jug of it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut Ugh. up about the goddamn sparkling water, okay? Ugh. So we've reached a time in our lives where my son has now come to me and my wife and told us that he is moving. And he's not just moving like down the road or like to a couple of counties away. He wants to move from the East Coast all the way to the left coast, all the way out to the West and go to California because apparently a friend of his – has a grandfather out there who has a company that told him he will give him a job or he thinks his friend will get him a job out there. And he's moving out there with the plans to take two of his buddies with him. And they've got the perfect plan. They've sat down and come up with their budget and they're ready to move. They're going to pack all their stuff into a car and all of them have jobs and they're saving every dollar they can to move out there. And my first thought is it's not going to work the way you think it is. I mean, I think if I guess if they're going to move out there, they might as well play together, but being able to get three people to live together without one of them fucking it up is probably pretty far-fetched. Well, the first thing I thought when he tells me this is, listen, I understand where you're coming from. And it's great, the idea that you have to move three people out there and all for one, one for all, the three musketeers and all that shit. It's not going to work out the way you think it is. One dude is immediately going to get homesick and leave. That's just the, there's a 99% chance that that's going to happen. There's that 1% chance that the three of you guys are going to live there like it's a fucking 90s sitcom, but you guys are probably not going to live there and be happy and shit like that. <laughs> like it's going to play music in between the scenes. I just saw like, them all cheesing all. Hey. <laughs> Maybe two of them are back to back, like in the fucking uh, promo ad for it. Like Christopher's one of the back to back kids. It's not going to be that way. <laughs> It's not going to be that way. It's going to be fucking torture because you're going to move into back kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to move in. And immediately the first week that they're there, somebody's going to go to like this beautiful little taco stand or some shit like that and bring food home and put it in the fridge. And somebody's going to eat that food because yeah. this is the first time any of these kids will have lived away from home. And at home, you just go into the fridge and start eating what the, what the fuck ever. At least oh, my dude, kid There's going to be so many wars because people have to learn boundaries and – I remember the first few times I moved out, the first few places I lived, there were always conflicts about food and, and cleaning and up, cleaning like up and and whose and, fucking job it was to clean oh, what. Dude, Ray and, caused such a fucking huge war. What do you time. mean? When I lived with Ray, uh, Chris Strickland, and this other kid that ended up being a real asshole, his name was Ryan, I think. Are you talking about the, the incident where Ray was shaving his head and yeah, like leaving Yeah, Chris the- Strickland and this kid Ryan were 
were like about to fight each other because Chris thought Ryan was shaving his face every morning and leaving the shavings everywhere. And he was like, I know it's not you because I started growing my beard around that time. So you obviously weren't shaving. So I wasn't shaving. He's like, I know it's not you using the razor. But there's a mystery in the, in the fucking sink every and, uh, morning. Like Chris was, was like hawking loogies on his windshield in the morning. And this kid was like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong. Because he was scared of Chris because he was a little bitch. Well, Chris was, Chris was Chris also are, kind of a psychopath as Chris well. Chris was. He was cute. <laughs> we used to have a wrestling move called the medallion. Because Chris is an angry little small person. He is an angry little small person. But he's wiry. One of those small people you don't want to fuck with because you know he'll go for your eyes and shit. <laughs> he also may shoot you. He's just he one of those kind of people. Right. So he's vicious. So we had a move called the medallion where he would run up and he would grab my neck almost like he was going to do an RKO or a stunner. But then I would do like a hula hoop maneuver and spin around and he would just kick people in the face. <laughs> so did you guys do this to Ryan or are you just adding this? No, we did in? this to Steven's friends back when they used to come hang out at my house because I was giving out free weed. So Paul couldn't sell his. Right. We do, <laughs> we, we do remember the time that you launched a, a rampage against my friend. Your roommate. Um, my roommate at the time. I who shut down his business. Yeah. He was selling weed to everybody um, out of our apartment um, in, in one of the worst neighborhoods in all of Austell. And Kenny at one point decided that he was going to shut Paul down completely, which was great because then I didn't have rent. You know, that was all, that was awful fun. I really appreciated that, Paul. Sorry that Kenny. you lived off of a drug dealer. Well, and his, and his profits. Well, that goes back to how shit is going to change. <laughs> that goes back to how shit's going to change from what you think is going to happen. Cause right now, Chris is telling me he's got this budgeted mind. Yeah, we were having fight clubs over at my house while Shane's trying to pay rent with drug money. Well, not just, not just that. <laughs> Back before you and uh, Paul got into the fucking conflict and shit like but, that. Oh, we didn't finish the story for the listeners. Okay. So they're about to fight over this hair. The oh, that's right. That's right. And Ray and I and Chris were sitting in the garage talking after work one day. And Chris brings up the story of what his latest thing he did against Ryan was. And Ray's all like, oh, this, the hair in the sink? That's me. I shaved my head in there. And Chris, like, biting his teeth and talking through gritted teeth is like, why are you doing it in our bathroom? And he's like, I don't want to get hair all over my bathroom. <laughs> That's an example of living with somebody who's only been an only child their whole fucking life. And I'm imagining, I've told Christopher this more than one time. I don't time. want to get hair in my bathroom, so I'm going to put it in your bathroom. I've told Chris this more than one time because I'll bring home and when I'll go out to get ice cream now, like, we used to get boxes of ice cream and... It would get plowed through because Chris is a kid and he, when he sees ice cream, like he has zero fucking self control. So he'll just go through it in a day, right? So I started buying pints for everybody and I was like, this is your pint. When you're done with your pint, you are out of fucking ice cream. Don't bother mine. Okay. <laughs> and he'll go in. If I leave my ice cream in there, like one time I forgot my ice cream for like three or four days and I come back in there to get it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got ice cream in there and it's gone. And I went into his room and I said, look, I said, I know you're talking about moving out and shit like that. I just want to let you know that one of your roommates is going to bust your ass the first time you eat his ice cream out of the fridge. If he see, if you see ice cream sitting there for two or three days and you eat it, don't be afraid to know that one of your friends is going to knock your door in <laughs> and want to come in there. To <laughs> <laughs> one of your friends is going to kick your door. I did, dude. <laughs> one of your friends is going to kick your door in and be like, where's my fucking ice cream, Chris? And don't shave in their bathroom. Don't shave in their bathroom. Don't eat other people's groceries. Um, don't have one shared computer. You don't want to go through that. You, you don't, don't need the computer. Yeah, you don't ever want to have to deal with somebody else having to want your computer. Don't have shared fucking groceries. How many times did you get into arguments when you had fucking stuff at at your house that well, you bought to make? The only time that the shared grocery things worked is when you had the homeless person cooking for us. 
when you have Paul. <laughs> At this point, he had not paid rent so much that he had duties. Well, there was a time where after you cut off his business and shit like that, and he could no longer make money with weed. But after you guys moved out of an apartment, once you had a house, he started making him the, the cook. Well, we made him the de facto babysitter and the cook. And then later on, we found out that Paul had actually choked Christopher at one point. And Christopher was like, I was really afraid to tell you guys about it. I was like, I'll bet you were because I would have killed his fucking ass if I'd have known it. But he hadn't made any money whatsoever. He was basically one of the most worthless people that I'd ever met at this point in his life. And he had the job of he was the de facto babysitter. He had to cook and shit like that. And when we had one thing of groceries in the house and everybody was putting in, well, there was we like, cook, it was like meal planning. We I was about to say we had a cook. We had a, yeah. But if you're living with three other dudes and you go in there and eat somebody's tacos from the night before, somebody's going to want to throw down, oh, especially yeah. if you've never lived away from home. Oh my God, dude. I just imagine how many fights they're going to get into. One dude's immediately going to leave. And then as soon as somebody wants to leave, then it's going to go into panic mode. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to make plenty of money. It's fine. If I work for $12 an hour, I'm like, dude, you're working for $9 an hour right now. No, no, no. I'm going to need a job out there making $12 an hour. Where? What are you going to be doing? Dude, I just had like, I just thought about trying to live off $12 an hour for like five seconds there. And my brain immediately went, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. As soon as you imagine living off $12 an hour if right you, now, if you get your salary cut to $12 an hour, you are going to have a wreck on purpose. So you can try to get disability. <laughs> You're going to do something, something rash. I'll put it that way. Maybe you'll suddenly start selling weed out of grandma's house. I mean, you know, you never know no. what you're going to have to do at that point. If you have to start living off $12 I'm gonna, an hour, I'm going to just make myself have a car accident. I said, you and be like, I hope it breaks something important. <laughs> so you're saying you're going to cause physical harm? I would to yourself. do that before I would live, try to live off twelve dollars an hour. Yes, because you can't. That's impossible. Well, it's already been proven. That's why they're talking about the fifteen dollar minimum wage and shit like that. I, because I twelve dollars an hour. You don't support a fifteen dollar minimum wage. I think you should have a personal minimum wage that you set, but I don't think that there should be a, no because I think there should be a way to pay interns and people like that if you choose to. I don't think you should be forced to pay a minimum wage because not all people are looking for a job where they live on their own. I think it makes less jobs available for youth. Well, I think that there's, I think you should set your own minimum wage. And if somebody wants to pay you under it, you shouldn't take the job. No, I agree. I mean, there's, there's, I, there's times that I agree with the $15 minimum wage. And then there's times that I'm like, I also don't want to pay fucking $22 I don't think for I a think meal. minimum wage in general is a mistake. All right, Ron Swanson, we're not getting into minimum wage over here. We're not going to have to say it. I think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's good for the economy. I think if you should, don't want to work for a wage that's offered, you shouldn't take the job. Well, what if there's no other job available to you? What if there's no other job that goes above that wage that you have access Sometimes to? Sometimes no job is better level? than a bad job. No, it's not. If you don't have any if, money, how is if, a bad job not better than no job? If the job is important to the employer, they're not going to pay under what the market will demand. But what I'm saying is there was definitely a time in mine and your life when we had no fucking skills whatsoever and somebody had to take a chance on us to pay us more than what the minimum wage, minimum wage was so that we could take a step forward. And it was only through working. No, none of us stayed at minimum wage, correct? Well, no. <laughs> so that means there's ways to go up in value without the government demanding it, correct? I'm just saying that the government so should, should the demand it. So why should the start line be demanded somewhere? No. The government should demand it. Would you do your job for seven fifty an hour? <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Would you do your job for $15 an hour? No, I'd stab that person in the face who Correct. told me my well, job was worth why, $15 Why do hour. they pay you more if they don't have to? 
They pay me more because of the education level that I have and the shit that I've done to accomplish it. Because they need somebody to do a job that's worth more, right? That's the basic right, answer. What I'm, what I'm so why at, is there a bottom limit? If you want to hire some high school kids to do shit where you know – and the high school kids don't want to particularly work that hard. If they want an easy job, those easy jobs are going to be limited because there's a minimum wage. No, I, I, I'm with you in certain aspects. But at the same time, and I it also does nothing, don't think – It does nothing for employees on step two. <laughs> and 98% of employees are on step two, not step one. Right. but It's you, a benefit that politicians invented to make themselves look good and make you think they're helping you. Well, I feel like they should help more. <laughs> okay, right back to why it exists. Because now I'm just fucking with you, dude. I don't think goods. I don't think that it needs to fucking stay. I, I don't think that a minimum wage across the board is one thing, but I also think there has I think to be a the sliding minimum scale. Wage should be exist. I think there should be a sliding scale based on different employees that are at different parts of their life. Someone who's working at a fast food restaurant who's 40 years old obviously has taken some lefts in their life. And, you know, if they're 40 years old, hopefully they're getting a little bit more than minimum wage compared to the kid who's working, you know, nights because most of those people aren't making minimum wage. You see the 40 year old guy working at the McDonald's, I promise you, he's probably not working at minimum wage. He's probably working. He's probably had a dollar raise by now (laughs) or he wouldn't still be there. A dollar raise. You it's remember getting a dollar raise, dude? It felt like it was huge. Oh my god! Oh, dude, dude. I get little raises all the time. It's cost of living, and they're you know, yeah. I get the cost of like living thirty five cents but... an hour. It's weird because it's it's always a weird number. It's random. Well, it's not. But they add up. Well, back when you were fucking back when I was like seventeen and shit like that, I had this one morning. I showed up to work, and we were down like two people at Checkers, and we worked our asses off that day. Like we were fucking indentured servants in Britain, like during the Dark Ages well, that was and your shit, dude. Fault. So I get there. I'm working for four twenty-five an hour. My manager looks over at me and goes, "Shane, how much money are you making an hour right now?" I said four twenty-five, and he said it like accusingly, like it might be too much. I might need to take you down. And I was like, four, four twenty-five. <laughs> you're making two dollars an hour now, bitch. <laughs> four twenty-five. I'm working for minimum wage, and he was like, "You're making four seventy-five now." <laughs> and suddenly, I worked way harder that day, dude. I was making those burgers for so fifty good. cents, fifty cents more. Dude. And back then, it was like, "Thank you, sir. May I have some more?" <laughs> Checkers, <laughs> Checkers, dude. Back in the day when people were lined up around the back corner, when Shane thought he should be able to give away free food because the owner did. <sighs> So we're going to get back to a story here in just a second about me giving away a free milkshake and what all it cost me during my illustrious checkers career. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to get more into moving out and how all it takes is one little screw up to cause the whole thing to collapse. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. This week on the Netflix and Swill podcast... 11 11 make a wish uh, i wish i was dead i wish i was dead you <laughs> <laughs> the lid to my pot oh man blooper <laughs> <laughs> episode oh. <laughs> So check out our show on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. I know we need the money, Listen, but... we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck, because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon-exclusive content with stuff just like this. 
Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I don't hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. Have you ever seen Robotech? See, uh, they never aired it around us because we, we oh, live in the land of the South where math is considered anti-religious. It was more palatable to me than, than Muppet Babies, which I was disgusted by the very idea and never even watched it. I, I hate everything about the Muppet Babies except for the uh, Happy Real Toys. So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. This is your first night at Fight Club. You have to fight. In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the Internet. One podcast, the Grawlix Podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix Podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. You don't tip? No, I don't believe in it. You don't believe in tipping? Do you know what these chicks make? They make shit. Don't give me that. She don't make enough money she can quit. <laughs> I don't even know a fucking Jew would have the ball to say that. Let me just get this straight. You don't ever tip, huh? I don't tip because society says I have to. Shut up, dude. That's a dumb move. You should have. You should have me with a friend back then. I would have been like, "Don't do that, dude. Don't go argue with it tomorrow. <laughs> just take your lash, dude." The manager was mean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all I did was give out a fucking shake that we were gonna throw away anyway. Okay, that's all I did. There was no, no need. Suckered by some pretty girl. Well, she wasn't even that pretty. Her friend was pretty, but she wasn't that pretty. I think I did it because she had a friend with her at the time, and I thought the friend was cute. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I handed the, uh, the Give it away, out. company property. <laughs> company property. And uh, the manager walks up on me from behind and sees me give away the shake. Villainous. And then lets me fucking close until like 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> of course. And then says, you need to come into work tomorrow at 2, and we're going to talk about it. And then fires me on the spot. And I'm like, dude, this is a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> this was not something that I needed to you come to in walk, for. He wanted you to walk off that milkshake, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, dude. I punched a hole in the back of his wall and left. So that was mature. It wasn't just mature. It was a fucking, like, I worked like a slave for this guy. Yeah, and he fucking threw me out. Well, he gave you a 50-cent raise. That wasn't that manager. That manager got fired <laughs> later on. Probably for giving you that raise. <laughs> no, probably for handing food out the window. <laughs> but apparently that manager got fired. And the other, the owner of the, the store came in and saw me hand the milkshake out. And, and that was that. So, so Shane I, punched his wall after he stole a milkshake. Yeah, for like $2. I cost him like $30 worth of damage. For a $2 milkshake. I hope he's happy. So my going he back. Should've, he should have had you prosecuted for vandalism. Prosecuted? Shut the fuck up, dude. I would have called the law on your ass. You would have called. I'm sure you would have called the law. I would have had a, a report written upon it. That's the kind of vengeful kind of person you are. You would have messed up a kid's life just because you for just fired my wall, him. Punk ass little kid. So I think going back to it, this all leads back to, to Chris moving out and moving into his own place. All it's going to take is one milkshake out a window. Yeah. Think about that. He's. He don't like to be told what to do. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. What kind of job is going to pay him decent money without being able to tell him what to do? He's working in fast food right now. He's working at a, a burger restaurant, Five Guys and shit. And I was like, really? Like, at fast food? Because the managers just yell at you and say, like, go do this and go do that. I was like, I figured he was going to quit, like, in 15 minutes there. But my thought is the first time one of them, like, 
orders something off a uh, cable or something like that, orders like a movie off pay-per-view <laughs> and nobody claims it. And it's like a porn It'll or some porn. shit like that. It's exactly. like $15. It's going to be like $15 extra on the cable bill. And Chris is going to be the one who gets the bills. And you know how anal he is. And he's going to open it and be like, why is the cable bill $74? <laughs> hey, Mark, why is the cable bill $74? I had this all planned out. <laughs> you guys are fucking it all up. I only have 30 extra dollars this week for gas, okay? And now somebody, you guys are going to have to pay this extra money, okay? I'm not paying it. And then somebody's going to storm out and somebody's going to move out of the apartment and we're going to get that phone call going, can you send me $15 for my cable bill? I don't have $15 for cable bill. Oh, y'all are going to get all kind of phone calls. Oh, I know we are. I know we are. And it's, I, cause I remember watching you grovel back to your parents or your grandparents more than one time when you I didn't have out. to grovel. I'd just be like, I need money. You did too, Grovel. Don't sit there. Dude, when you left that last apartment, when you and Lisa had that apartment and you got kicked out over a- uh, I wanted to stay with David. You did stay with David. Was that uh, Ashley Mill? Yeah. Because I thought there was a break in no, there when no, you went no, back no, to no. grandma's Ashley house. Mill was the first apartment. Oh, and then you had the wrestling apartment after Ashley Mill. No, I didn't have a wrestling apartment. I lived with Ray after Ashley Mill. I lived back. I went back home several times. I was back home for a long, long while. And then while I was back home, I met the kid- Whose mom I started dating. Oh, yeah. The crazy mom who came over on 420. Yeah, so and I moved out to, to like, out where I live now, which seemed like a long, far away back then. <laughs> it did seem like this. It seemed like this was Kansas. Still in Marietta, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like this oh, was Kansas. Jack's back then. in your bag again. Yeah. But at this, at the <laughs> same time, the first time we drove out here to go like to our friend Josh's house, we thought this was like a, a different continent. This is so far away. This is so far away, man. It's like 30 minutes in the car. But anyway, so then I moved out there for a while. Y'all didn't see me for a while. And then she I was moved shacking up with some dude's mom. Yeah, I shacked up with her for like a year. And then I moved back and I lived with Ray. And I lived with Ray for quite a while. So then me and Lisa moved into a, a post apartment. You moved into a post and apartment. And we did some did, did do some wrestling in there. And when she moved out, you basically brought out two mattresses and made your living room yeah, just into a wrestling ring. It was like $900 a month. And I knew it was only a matter of time until that lease was going to have to fall apart. Yeah. Because I could not afford it on my own. And the rest of y'all were shitty. <laughs> I wasn't shitty. I already had my own apartment and a right. shitty roommate who didn't have any money. Like if I'd have moved in with you, we'd have probably killed each other in a few minutes back then though. Cause you and I didn't like each other back then. Let's be honest until you were homeless and needed a place to stay. And actually like we're able to be just a little bit humble. You and I didn't have a chance. It was a to dark be period where I had to be nice to people. It sucked. <laughs> ah. Yeah, dude, Paul comes to me at one point, and like, this is legitimately how me and Kenny started living together and went on to live together for like, what was it, six or eight years or some shit? I agreed to do some leaves or something. Yeah, Kenny comes to me, he goes, Hey, man, um, I'm on the run from the law right now, <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to be able I'm to go home. I'm not going to be able to go home or to my grandmother's house or to anyone's house. Can I just stay here for a little bit? I was like, Okay. He goes, Can, can I rake some leaves and eat some of this ravioli you have in the cupboard. And I was like, I noticed you have Paul doing meal planning. <laughs> I noticed he's making all the meals. Holy shit. There's Shane with his notifications. He forgot to turn off. I turned off the notifications. I thought, and then suddenly it had to tell me about you my outlet go to settings. mixer and turn your windows volume all the way down. Not your master volume, your windows system volume. So that would never happen again. You should stop being so mean to me. I don't need to be. It's my job. All right, we're gonna we're gonna give Christopher some rapid fire advice. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give him right now to any teenager moving out? Where does, do you know what part of California he's moving to? I don't remember exactly. I want to say Sacramento. He's looking at Sacramento. Sacramento is in Texas. No, not Sacramento. Uh, Sa San Diego. Not, yeah, I want to say it's around San Diego. 
No, there is a second. No, Anaheim is where he was talking about. Well, living. Anaheim's right outside of LA. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about living in Anaheim. Oh, good. Right Take a tent. Anaheim. You can always live. Their 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 weather doesn't get cold enough to where you can't live outside year round. So you're saying just go ahead and plan to be homeless? Just, I'm saying is you should always have a worst case scenario, and you know unless you want to come back and be humbled. I would take a tent and a sleeping bag, and if you have to, you can watch pitch a tent in case some other two fuck up and you can't get a new apartment because you don't have any other California residents you know, so you can't use like your mom or Shane to get a new apartment because they're gonna be like, "You live in Georgia? No, you can't." <laughs> yeah, you can't rent an apartment here, sir. We don't have any any references for you, any shit like that. My biggest thing would be. Make sure that you have a job before you get there. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking show up and don't have a job because that's what he's going to do is he's going to get out there thinking his friend is going to have a job for him. Now, he has taken welding classes to try and become a welder and shit like that. And I'm hoping it works out for him. A lot of money in welding and all that shit. Yeah. But then again, this is Chris and anything could happen with that. He could get mad at the guy who's teaching the class and be like, I'm not going back to class anymore because of that guy. So <laughs> have a job that you got planned out before you get there. Plan to live with two guys. Find a place that'll fit three guys, but make sure you can afford it with two because one of these guys is going to leave. It's just a, it's 150% certainty that somebody's either going to fuck yeah. up and get arrested. There's no or, such thing as 150%. Sorry. It's, it's not like you can really go past 100. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just, Matt, I'm just It's 150% certainty that one of these guys is going to leave. See, now you're making nonsense talk, and that doesn't work because it's not – you can't be 150%. i am not making nonsense talk. I'm telling Christopher in very <clears throat> pointed you terms. You can't go past 100%. I can. It's not I'm setting the, possible. The, the, there's a different set of physics for Shane. only work in a certain way, and no. 100% is maximum. No, we're changing the rules here. We're thinking outside the box, Kenny. You need to stop being no, shackled by no. the, the box that you put no. your mind in and think outside of it with me, no. okay? No. Come with me. Learn with me, okay? We're going to 150% certainty that one of his roommates is going to leave, and he's going to have to find some way to make it work well, with so two now, people. Now you're using improbabilities that don't exist, so you might as well be saying that, that, that it's not going to happen. What do you mean it's not going to happen? What's if not you try happen? to exceed 100, it's the same as zero. Dude, get off the 100%, dude. Shut the fuck up. Dude, what the hell's wrong with paradoxes, you? okay? <laughs> Jesus, dude. I'm not opening a Pandora's box. I'm just trying to give my kids Whatever. some advice. Well, that advice should be spelled out in true terms. Like it's a hundred percent certainty, which is still not even legit. The most you would ever logically ever be able to say is 99, but there's a one percent, at least a one percent chance that he won't move back. And if you discount that one percent chance, you cut your own credibility. Christopher's not going to listen to you. Well, Christopher's not going to listen to me anyway. When I told him to find <laughs> a place that true could, that, <laughs> when, I, when I told him to find a place that would only cost enough for two people to afford it. He was like, no, 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 because we're going to have like $800 left over every month between the three of us. If we have jobs that are making this much money per month, we're all going to have this much money left over. And I was like, you're going to have like $800 left over every month, huh? I was like, really? You're going to have a job making enough money to where you can afford food, all your utilities, your gas, any sort of car repairs you have to do, everything. I guarantee and you have he's $800. Under, uh, underpricing food. Oh, he's underpricing food. And plus, Christopher doesn't eat bullshit food anymore either. He eats the hoity-toity fucking East Cobb, like, organic shit. So he's oh, going to yeah. move out there and find out exactly how much an organic <laughs> pepper is and be like, um, I'm just going to get some taquitos. Dude, the white privilege is just going to come crashing down on poor Christopher. <sighs> don't, don't, don't put in a white privilege. Because y'all are like a white privilege, like, mecca. We're not a white privilege mecca, okay? <laughs> yes, you are. No, we're not, dude. We're just in a nice part of town. That's all. Nice part of town. 
Lots of cocaine dealers live out there. Shut up. Where are you going? Just leaving. But where? I have to return some videotapes. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. All right, I'm going home. <laughs> you're not going home. You're going here. Home. Well, you're going home out of my home. No, I'm not. I'm going to stay here until I'm done. You're done. For us, it was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive.